Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. It's Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is November 10th, and these are the five things that you need to know about the daily financial news. Hi, Sonny, how are you? One second, I'm sorry. This little guy is, uh, wanted to come say hi, and yes, he is wearing his red, white, and blue parka, or whatever you call it, because it is so cold in the morning. Back to the five things that you need to know today. First and foremost, CPI. CPI came in lower than expected. It is why I am wearing my swing and a miss t-shirt. I like to own when I am wrong. So let's, let's catch you up on what happened. So uh, last month, the Fed, we had a headline inflation of 8.2. We had a core reading of 6.6. Expectations were for 8.0 headline and 6.5 core. Both of those, are, the headline would continue a downward trend and core would start a downward trend. I had anticipated, and again, I write my numbers over there, 8.3 headlines, so a surprise to the upside, and a core reading of 6.6, again, a surprise to the upside. What actually happened is we have finally broken through 8%. The core or the headline reading came in at a surprising, a shocking 7.7, so quite a solid reading below. And core also came down significantly to 6.3%. So let's talk about these numbers in a little bit more detail. First and foremost, I want to personally give a shout out to Matt, the mortgage guy. He and I did a video that I think posted at seven o'clock last night where he called 7.8. And if you watch the video, I laughed out loud. Matt, you were right. You nailed it. I was wrong. Good for you. I am very, very happy for you. So great work, my friend. So let's talk about these numbers. So first and foremost, you are going to hear the talking heads talk about the downward tra trajectory is intact. You are likely going to hear about acceleration, right? The drops are accelerating. If I was, for example, Kathy Wood, that's exactly the message I would be delivering. See, I was right. The trend is coming. Not only is the trend down, but it is accelerating. Watch for that. This is a single data point. It is a great data point. You could also say the Fed is winning. What you cannot say, cannot, is the Fed won. You can't say that. You shouldn't say that. Some folks are going to say that. <laughs> you are going to hear some folks on 
TV talk about, hey, the Fed has done his jobs, so the 75 bases are working, there's all this delay effect, hee-haw, let's have victory, let's go off to the races. That's not how it works. That's not how it should work. Are they winning? Yes. I think all of us could say that, yes, they are winning. More work to do. Now, let's talk about what this means to you and I, right? We are really a, a housing and real estate investing channel. First, I saw the drop in the 10-year this morning that I have not seen. It had dropped when I wrote it down. It may have changed since then. It point two three four basis points, almost a quarter of a point. Mortgage rates will get cheaper. We may even see some compression in that uh, the difference between the 10-year and the 30-year mortgage. Have we seen, seen the peak in mortgage rates? No idea. Is it possible? Yeah, it's actually possible. Because yes, I do believe Fed funds still goes up from here, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But there is a two or three standard deviation move between the margin or uplift between the 10-year and 30-year, which normally sits at 1.7 to 2. It was yesterday at 3.2. So quite almost double. So banks have a lot of margin. And the reason there is a large gap is because they don't help know how high the Fed is going. Today, the Fed is winning. You may see banks go, ooh, we don't have to be as nervous. Don't know. They may wait one more month. But again, could this be peak 30-year money? Maybe. It's possible. Am I going to sit here today and tell you that? Nope. That's not what I'm thinking. It's, it, there's too many things that could still go wrong. But now let's talk about December 14th. Before this morning, if you asked me, and I think I've said this, if I haven't, I had meant to. I believe the December 14th meeting, as of this morning at 529, they were going to do 75 basis points. At 531, after this reading, I believe my best guess is 50. This is not 25. This is not a pause. This is just, hey, let's take a beat. And let's not forget that 50 basis points is still a significant move. It's not the fifth 75 basis point move, but 50. There was a time, folks, where 50 basis points would have been seen as aggressive. So, in a nutshell, the Fed is winning. Cool. Has the Fed won? No. Is the Fed going to pause? No, in my opinion. Will they slow down? Probably. Probably. We do get one more CPI reading and one more jobs number before December 14th. So all of this could change. But as of right now, as of 5.31 a.m. this morning after I saw the headline reading, I now think 50 basis points is the right move in December. And I think that's a good thing. We are slowing down. All I want to do is get to the terminal rate, which I still believe is 5%. I have not changed my opinion. And we're at 3.7 to 4 point, or to 4, so we're almost there, and I'm happy to say that. So again, hey, congratulations. The Fed is winning. 
I don't know what the stock market is doing, but when I looked at pre-market, I'm sure it was up, probably up a lot because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people were bearish. They had puts. They were short the market to the downside and we could see a pretty good short squeeze uh, this morning. Don't know. So we talked about that. The Fed won. So I've already said the Fed hasn't won. Don't say that. Don't think that. That is what burned us in the 70s, thinking a couple of data points, in this case one, was an all clear sign. We are not all clear. It is still rough seas out. It's a good day. Enjoy the day. But this is not the Fed one. Next, I believe what you are going to start to see all over the financial networks and all over the financial magazines is the following. Hey, CPI reading is actually better than expected because shelter, shelter was the high number. Shelter went up 0.8% in a month. That is not good. What you are going to hear, however, from folks like Jeremy Siegel is, guys, the shelter number is six months old. It doesn't count. Look at the current numbers. You're going to hear all of this talk. It's not how it works. That is people that are invested in the stock market. In Jeremy's case, I believe he has an ETF or something that he is pushing behind the scenes. The shelter inflation is what it is. You and I used to correct to the upside, but again, it's in the number. You can't just take out the number you want and declare victory. That is not how it works. But yes, I do believe you are going to start to see more and more people say, hey, that CPI reading was awesome if or when you take out the shelter costs. So be careful of that mindset. Uh, number three. Uh, we talked a little bit about FTX yesterday. We called them clown bucks and we did all of those things. I do want to differentiate something between a liquidity crisis and a solvency crisis. So a liquidity crisis. This is something we started talking about six or nine months ago when the Fed started raising rates. When you raise the cost of risk capital, you are going to start to see who is swimming naked, who has too much leverage in the system, who has been on the wrong side of bets. Because as the cost of capital goes up, people ask for their money back because they need to move stuff around. You get a six to $8 billion hole. You cannot do it. You go from a liquidity crisis to a solvency crisis. And once you make this leap from liquidity to solvency, you can't be saved, you're dead. When there is a liquidity crisis, there is a chance a very, very small window where a white knight could come in. But if the white knight turns around and leaves, you're toast. Done. 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 So again, what's going on at FTX? I don't know if it's a Lehman moment or an Enron moment. Folks, if you don't know who Enron is, it is one of the companies that burned me in 2001. Enron was a fraud that was audited, that was backed by the smartest people, <coughs> and everybody got taken, including myself. Is FTX fraud, meaning it was done by a charlatan and somebody who was lying, and the best of the best, Blackstone and Tiger and all of these others got taken? Maybe. Is it just Lehman where they were on the wrong side of bets? 
don't know, uh, but things that I have read here in the last 24 hours make it seem like an Enron, not Lehman. And if you don't know what that means, go look up Enron, see what happened. And this kind of feels like what's going on in FTX. Either way, I think we've jumped from liquidity to solvency and bankruptcy, if it hasn't happened already, uh, will occur shortly. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not good. There's a lot of people that are going to get hurt uh, by what happened there. That's, that is unfortunate. Wall Street layoffs. Something I've been telling you is coming is we're going to have a white-collar recession. We're going to have white-collar layoffs. It is going to be heavily concentrated in tech and in finance. Wall Street. Wall Street. So again, what did we just happen? We had Meta with a significant layoffs and Twitter and others. Now you have uh, Citigroup and Barclays already cutting. And just like Amazon and Apple, which have had a hiring freeze, you have the best of the best JP Morgan indicating that they are going to whack or cut the bottom 10%. They are going to go back to removing the uh, contributors who are underperforming. This is all happening. This is normal business operation. Uh, but yes, you are going to see layoffs pick up on Wall Street as well. So let's talk about earnings. We actually had a bunch of earnings here recently. We had DR Horton, a home builder, came out, missed top line, missed bottom line. I know you're shocked, right? But I bet you didn't expect this. Their net orders and backlog are still higher than expected. Go figure. SeaWorld, missed top line, missed bottom line. You know, we talked about travel and experiences. It seems like Disney, SeaWorld, and I think even Six Flags, they all missed. Ticket prices too high, maybe, inflation. I don't know, but it seems like even some of the experiences are not uh, being done. Roblox, I don't know. I think it's still one of Kathy Wood's stocks. Uh, beat on revenue, but missed on earnings quite significantly. Who else? Tapestry. This is the company behind Coach and Kate Spade. Beat top line, beat bottom line, and raised forecast. We haven't heard that in a little bit. Uh, we've had a lot of misses, so shout out to the team at T Tapestry. WeWork. WeWork's interesting because it was one of the hot stories that I was talking about at the very beginning of my channel. It looks like they reported a larger loss than expected, and they are actively exiting 40 underperforming markets. Six Flags, I was right, Six Flags, missed top line, missed bottom line, just like SeaWorld. And then Zip Recruiter. Talk about a platform that probably is going to win in the next year. Zip Recruiter, uh, beat top line, beat bottom line, and raised guidance just like Tapestry. Uh, anything else to talk about? A couple other things I noted. Uh, we still have the threat of a rail strike uh, out there. Uh, they have pushed back the deadline for the strike. It, used, it was November 20th. They've now extended that to December 4th. Two more weeks of negotiation. Good news by me. U.S. credit card debt now hits a record of $930 billion dollars taking out the old high of $870 billion. Fun fact for Amazon. Actually, well, it's a fun fact. It's probably a fact they wish wasn't true. But Amazon is officially the first company 
to lose $1 trillion in stock equity. Yeah, that probably doesn't feel good. I'm sorry, but I had to report it. And what else do we have? Any other closing thoughts? Nope, that's it. Let's congratulate a couple of people again, folks. I really love doing this channel with you, but I love sending these cards out. We have two more folks who did the work and closed on a great deal. Gabe, congratulations, and Eric, congratulations. Your cards will go out in the mail today. So folks, have a wonderful day. It is Thursday, November 10th, and those are your five things. The Fed is winning. They haven't won. They're winning. Enjoy the day. And Matt, you were right, buddy. Sorry I laughed out loud. I'm wearing this shirt just for you. Take care. Bye-bye.